today on CityCast Salt Lake. This Friday, July 1st, the Salt Lake Fashion Collective is hosting a fashion show at Medium SLC, a very cool new-ish venue in Sugar House. The show will feature five local designers. And when I got some of the promo on my Instagram feed, it really got me thinking, how do you shop local for clothes in Salt Lake? And what exactly is Salt Lake fashion? So I invited the founder of The Collective, Kalei Hinano Stroud, to chat it out. Today's Wednesday, June 29th, 2022. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Kalei, welcome to CityCast Salt Lake. Thanks for being here. Thank you. I'm really excited. It's going to be awesome. The main question that I have for you is like, what does shopping local for clothes look like and feel like? Because I will confess, like I hit up Nordstrom Rack more than I'd like to. And I think when it comes to shopping local, like we all want to do it, but clothing's got to be the hardest. Yeah. I like have like a love, really love hate relationship with um, local shopping in Utah. It can be, it could be really different um, depending on what style you're trying to achieve. And so I never like shame anyone for um, not going like fully sustainable, like shopping at Nordstrom or (laughs) Ross or TJ Maxx or even like Zara. Like it's like you should do what works for you as long as you're not over consuming. I think that's like Mm. what we should all be aware of. Um, But I have like an incredible list of vendors, shops and places to like start to look out for um if you're trying to get more into sustainability utah's growing Mm -hmm. and that's why i love it like there's so many really cool trendy people coming here and that already live here and exist here but um yeah it's just really evolving and then i would say my dislike of that same system is that um it can often be unaffordable or inaccessible um to people who just don't have like hundreds of dollars to spend on um thrifted pieces that have been used and so yeah i feel like there's lots of different options yeah let's talk about some of my favorite ones okay um yeah where can we find them like where i want to buy clothes locally in salt lake where am i going so decades vintage incredible Mm -hmm. um that's like somewhere you can go like on hand and find like some really incredible pieces that are pretty affordable Mm. copper high vintage they're going to be on the higher price side but they have some really really incredible um pieces and they're really unique and that's somewhere on state street all these are downtown okay and then for me i do a lot of online shopping so there's a lot of online sustainable sustainable thrift stores so I know of Not Your Mom's Vintage, Thrill of the Thrift, mm, mm-hmm. um, Animalia, places like Salt and Honey will sell secondhand. Um, there's a Bode Vintage that's local as well, and they sell online, and then they have their own storefront in Mill Creek. So these are all places that you can be on the lookout for. And then there's lots of events that are really cool, like there's the Day Market SLC that's... Um, thrown and hosted by my friends Lincoln and Canyon, who are these really incredible um, advocates for LGBTQ voices. Um, and they're just really trying to create the community for um, 
LGBTQ plus people to come and enjoy the same pleasures, if you will, <laughs> that uh, Salt Lake has to offer, whether um, it's local goods, food, art, clothing, hmm. all that stuff. So it seems like you're talking about a lot of like thrifting or upcycling, like people who are taking patterns or fabrics or clothes that already exist and giving them new life. Are there yeah. any designers that are making like their own like sort of I don't want to say brand new but like that are making sort of like original pieces from scratch that you can shop locally or is like is thrifting your best bet I would say thrifting is your best bet if you want to like if you want something on hand and physical um there are so many designers in Utah and I myself am just discovering them and learning more about them but those are the people you're going to find mostly online and virtually. Um, one of the designers that I have in my show is actually, she's really incredible. She is an upcycler, but she creates these really, really beautiful ribbed corsets. Mm. Um, and they're really incredible material fabric. I actually have one myself. I invested and it was worth it. Um, but yeah, so there's designers like that who will do upcycling and rework to create their own pieces like instead of working with something that exists and making it beautiful taking something that exists and making it a completely new different thing um and i like both sides of it but there are more designers um i think they just have to show themselves yeah. to me and get organized um, my sense is that one of the things you're trying to do with the salt lake fashion collective is like get everyone kind of organized in one place so that people like me who are like, yeah. where do I go? Where are they can find them. Exactly. Yes. So true. Um, the goal for CCC, SLC, uh, it's called Salt Lake Fashion Collective as a whole because I want people to be able to like relate us to Salt Lake and the fashion scene here. Um, but CCC was the name that I came up with because I would like to cultivate the space for creatives to connect um, and really just bring all these people in and give them different opportunities to work together and, um, find inspiration from each other. What does a, I don't want to say post pandemic because I, we're still in it and actually like rates in Salt Lake County are high, but I want to say like late pandemic, like what is a, what is the creative community and like the fashion world, like in late pandemic stages, like, are you seeing a boom of people who just like got thrifty and got creative during the pandemic and are launching oh yeah yeah oh yeah two of the designers I mean I would say all of the designers but two of the designers specifically um Ivy one of the course designers that I was talking about Ivy Elizabeth if you want to look her up um she got started on TikTok during the pandemic and she went off like she has, I think, like 20,000 followers now. This is just from like posting and recreating all of her visions and doing her little TikTok snippets because TikTok was huge during the pandemic. Yeah. And so people really love that aspect. And then we have Regan Kuule, who is another incredible designer. And she had a lot of time to really um, come to her own self and like see what she was really passionate about and she created the most stunning beautiful um roman catholic inspired collection that's 
like honestly breathtaking and I've never seen anything like it before. So there's just, there's so many different, there's so many different people who were inspired. I don't know if I should say inspired, but like they catalyzed maybe here. The pandemic wasn't ever really taken seriously compared to other parts of the U.S. And so I feel like people honestly never I don't think it like the creativity ever like stopped flowing at some point and then it was like a boom I I would say it was just like people had more time to do it and then like people were still doing all the normal things like going and shopping and like honestly doing like really crazy clothing hauls because they had all this unemployment money and like time to online shop and so I would say there's like two different worlds and I'm hoping people lean more into the sustainability aspect of clothing and fashion so that they can just like become aware of how much they're consuming and then also support local um, designers and artists that are creating really incredible, beautiful things. Yeah. It seems like one of the biggest barriers is just affordability. Oh, absolutely. And like we know that the clothes we're buying that feel affordable are at the expense of the people that are creating them. Like, I think we're all, we're all like totally armed with that information. Yeah. But it does make it so that when you are shopping, like maybe a designer on Instagram and you see the price tag, it's, it's a little bit, um, maybe alarming or like, it's just unusual. It feels unusual, like an unusual investment. Absolutely. We're very accustomed to like fast fashion, especially like just any generation living in the U.S., we're very accustomed to like being able to go to the mall and buy like a $5, $20 shirt. And so seeing that price tag and being like, this is equated to like human labor Mm -hmm. and um, like someone's thought process and decision to create this one very specific piece that no one else will have. Yeah. So yeah, it could be really hard. I totally get it. And so I feel like that's why I look to places like decades that already exist um for pieces that I can just go buy um on hand and that are more affordable than like a local designer I want to talk to you a little bit about Salt Lake's fashion scene you mentioned that it's getting trendier but I think it's oh totally it's so interesting like I love clothing and I just love looking at people when they're like getting like I just love seeing people out and dress because I think it's such a fun form of expression but like in your view, how do you spot a Salt Laker? Salt Lake used to be defined by all of the rich white Mormon moms and how they dressed. And I think a lot of it still is. And I don't see a problem with that because we have a huge demographic of that. And I think that's important. Um, but I think that it's really interesting to see what this generation is doing with that same aesthetic and adding their like taste and style to it so like I don't know for example there's this creator her name is styled by Tiana Lay and she is um she's LDS but she really wants to move she talks a lot about this in her TikTok she really wants to move away from that like desired aesthetic of like modest is hottest like if you can like think about that you're like anyone from Utah will know like what that person Mm -hmm. looks like and so she's although she still dresses modest she really wants to like spice things up so I think like the hype um hype beast brand and 
hypebeast brands and uh sneakers are really popular here and so you'll see you'll see a lot of jays like really fancy sneakers with like really cute flowy prairie dresses and really fun Gigi pit hats and mm-hmm. fawn bags and i think that's how you spot a utah utah <laughs> um and i love it i think it's kind of fun like i um i work for fawn design right now and so I, the brand that I work for, which is Sauce Media Agency, they're a social media marketing agency, super, super cool women. And they're working towards not only making Salt Lake more inclusive, but also just like taking the aesthetic that we have now and making it 10 times cooler and more, um, not only more relevant, but like I would say more unique, more eclectic, mm-hmm. more representative of like our generation and people of color. Um, and so I hope that you can see that change if you look at their Instagram. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's a, that's how I would say the culture is and the style. Um, but then if you come downtown, there's a lot of really cool hipster people that are really into that Y2K aesthetic. Um, yeah. Um, and I love that as well. So I think the styles and the trends are also interesting because Utah is also really moving towards that sustainable movement. So I'm hoping that people are coming into their own style instead of following trends. And I think that's the easiest way to stay sustainable. Like find your own desired aesthetic and buy pieces for that. And hand wash them. <laughs> yeah. And hand wash them. Don't forget. That was like one of the things I learned in my adult life. I was like, if I hand wash this, I could have it for 10 more years. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of fun to hand wash. I don't know. Something about it. Yeah, it is fun. It, it is fun. Um, it's interesting because like one of the things I think about a lot with like Salt Lake Street fashion or like just the sort of vibe of the city is how much as the city becomes more walkable and bikeable, we're going to experience that. And so like, I think it's all kind of wrapped into like more bike lanes, like more pedestrian friendly streets, like open streets where we close down main, like people out and about in the city and visible, I think is going to lead to more fun street fashion. Oh, for sure. And that's exciting to me because right now I think we have like a very backyard culture. We like, we party in our backyards. We like hang out at home. We like get right on 80 and head out for the weekend. And it's going to be fun to see people out and about more. And I think hopefully it will inspire us to just like dress up a bit more because we're like on a promenade. (laughs) Yeah. I, I love that. I think with as expansive as Salt Lake City is getting, it's, it's unlike any city. So I think It'll be really interesting to see how Salt Lake comes to its own and how people express themselves here and the people that come from L.A. or New York or Portland or Seattle or Vegas, like how they bring that culture and difference will be really awesome. Yeah. Kalei, thank you so much for your time this morning. It was great chatting with you. We'll see you at the fashion show. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait. A little news before we go. On the pop culture front, since we're already there, here are a few tidbits from around the state. First, Ski Magazine reports that Utah broke its own record for ski visits last year, 
Despite a year of pretty mediocre snow, 5.3 million people came to ski our now somewhat elusive champagne powder. The DABS, formerly the DABC, granted eight new liquor licenses to Utah establishments on Tuesday. In Salt Lake, that's Woodbine Hospitality in the Granary, Shades Brewing in South Salt Lake location. The new quarters in Sugar House, Evo Hotel, home of the Altogether Skate Park, and a new bar replacing the old Murphy's at 160 South Main Street. It's called Boomerangs Down Under. Sounds Australian. In political news, yesterday was primary election day in Utah, and here are a few of the results. Senator Mike Lee beat out challengers Becky Edwards and Allie Isom. With 62% of the vote, he won every county in the state and will go on to the general election against independent Evan McMullen and no Democrat candidate. Incumbent Republican Congressman Blake Moore, Chris Stewart, John Curtis, and Burgess Owens all held their seats against party challengers. In Utah State Senate races, Democrat voters chose climate advocate Nate Bluen and current Utah House Representative Stephanie Pitcher. In the race between Senator Derek Kitchen and Dr. Jennifer Plum, Senator Kitchen is currently leading by 114 votes, but the race has not yet been called. And on the Salt Lake County Council, Republican Steve DeBry is down by 10 points to challenger Sheldon Stewart. In total, 34% of registered voters in Salt Lake County voted in this primary. Honestly, not great. That's our show today here on CityCast Salt Lake. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. Bye.